Welcome to Story Comic Presents, where we interview amazing storytellers and artists. This is episode 291. I'm your host, Barney Smith of StoryComic.com, and we're excited to have with us the internationally acclaimed and genius game designer behind Mecha vs. Kaiju, Jonathan Wright. Well, thanks a lot for having me, Barney. Jonathan, it's great talking to you, because last year I bought Mecha vs. Kaiju, your book, Mecha vs. Kaiju probably had the most creative ways of implementing some very specific genre specific rules along with making it also that rules light um, thing that fake core is pretty famous for so thank you for making that game and but you're here because you are now as of this recording you're now launched a new kickstarter for mecha versus kaiju fifth edition supplement version of it correct yeah this is an entirely new um uh, this is an entirely new core rule book for um that uses fifth edition as a backbone for those that play fifth edition what are some of the very specific things that they're gonna wonder about like this is not kind of like D. what are some of those things that you kind of were inspired by the the fake core system well, uh, so, so so what I really wanted to do was, um, you know, I'll be honest, uh, a lot of people have asked why fifth edition, you know, um, mm -hmm. and, and fifth edition has taken some knocks because, you know, Wizards of the Coast have done some really dumb things over the past few months. Mm -hmm. And what it comes down to is I'm a grognard. I have played D&D since the 1970s. I love mm -hmm. the system. So I always wanted to bring more of a, a, a narrative storytelling um, mechanic to this uh, the system that I love. Um, so what we've done is we've taken the um, the, uh, the the D20 mechanic is the is the heart. So um, uh, you always roll a D20. We call it the fortune die because it re represents sort of the random um, you know the random chance of fate. But to add to the narrative elements, we've replaced all the static bonuses with dice, and this adapts the um, uh, uh, the proficiency die mod uh, that is in the Dungeon Master's Guide, where your proficiency bonus is replaced with a um, with a die, and we've adapted that to all of the character traits. So instead of having a plus one in a trait, you have a D six, um, and this goes from uh, D six to D ten. Um, things that are like really monumental and monstrous can have D twelves. And what you do is for each of those traits that I mentioned, each one of them has a die connected to it to show how important that trait is to the character. You pick one uh, trait die from each of your trait sets. You roll them all together with a D20 fortune die, and then you pick two of those results as your action total. So oh, sometimes, so sometimes your um, uh, sometimes your uh, you know, your fortune die is going to really help you out. Maybe you roll a 15 or a 16, and then you're just adding in maybe um, your uh, your result from your aspect, your result from your um, from your value. And sometimes fortune is not in your favor. But in those cases, then it's your sort of um, personality or your intestinal fortitude or your uh, inherent skill that saves the day. So by using dice instead of static 
modifiers that you just sort of all clump in together, you can narrate how your character succeeds or, um, or fails in their action based on the results of the dice. And that's the thing that every change that we've made has always been to, to add narrative and storytelling elements to the 5th edition system. Who who would you say this game is for? Is it is it for people that always play fifth edition to want to play Mecha versus Kaiju? Is it for your fake core uh, gamers to want to try a different system, but but also being similar to the same game? Or is this for uh, like anime fans that want to start playing start playing a, a role playing game? Yes. <laughs> set me up for that I, I i had to go for it uh so yeah this will actually um i think this is going to appeal to um uh to, to all of those categories the anime fans this system is built um uh, like purpose built for creating characters that feel like they are anime characters so starting with uh you know starting with your favorite archetype if you're familiar you know if you're an anime fan you're going to be able to see um i'm going to make like a really angry character that has like this sort of like secret uh, uh softer side you know or i'm going to play the um uh, the hime you know it's like i want to play somebody who is kind of arrogant and feels like they are entitled but but also carries himself with a nobility and they try and live up to that aspect and then each of the character trait sets is going to allow people to kind of craft a character that really feels like they are you know a part of an anime story uh, for the Fate Core fans, they're going to see a lot of familiar things here. The aspects, the, um, uh, the, the point buy system for building uh, giant monsters and robots. We, ha uh, we use construction points. We use uh, mutation points for the monsters. And uh, we actually have an expanded uh, system for creating powers, talents, and tools. And this is one thing that um, I think will appeal to the um, uh, the fifth edition gamers. Um, one of the things that uh, one of the things that Fate Core didn't have was a whole lot of crunch. Basically, mm -hmm. everything that everything that felt um, sort of like you know mechanical, uh, I added to the system. So uh, the system for creating um, creating monsters, creating robots, that was something that I you know that I scratch built. So. When I um, when I created this system, uh, the um, Mecha versus Kaiju 2020X, I wanted to create a complete uh, customizable system for making uh, superpowers or character talents or um, uh, tools and weapons that they could use. And so we have a a system of um, mixing perks and drawbacks. And it's a little similar to the Fate Core uh, system where basically everything was sort of like equated to a plus two bonus. So in this mm -hmm. case, we've got, um, uh, we've got a balanced set of perks that will give you some kind of uh, rules benefit with a drawback that will make it more difficult or more limited in scope. And you just combine those two together to really create any power that you want. We've got 20 to start with. And um, if we reach uh, our stretch goals, then we'll be adding more. Was it easier to take a fake core design game and translate it into a fifth edition? Or hypothetically speaking, since you played in both, would it have been easier to take a fifth edition game and then evolve it into a fake core system? 
Well, this is where um, uh, this is where my uh, my rules writing partner comes in, uh, Jeremy Forbing. He has been working for, um, for, for he's been writing for ten years for D twenty and then for fifth edition. So he is um, he I call him my rules czar. He is just uh, a whiz <laughs> with this sort of thing. And we were talking, and he was talking about a system that would incorporate, you know, would basically adapt modern storytelling methods to the uh, the fifth edition system and that became the the root for um for our ideas uh when he created his system he created it with the idea of um adapting um uh dnd to a storytelling mechanic so this would be like you know you'd have a strength dex and con with you know a d6 d8 d10 um you would have uh, classes that would give you, um, like, you know, the fire class would give you benefits when you're fighting and so on. Um, and then you'd have, uh, you know, you'd add your, um, uh, your uh, weapon damage dice to your role as, you know, to form your dice pool. So he was looking at that from, like, making D&D more, um, more narrative and storytelling uh, friendly. And then I took that system and then I, uh, you know, actually, we both worked uh, hard on creating the trait sets for, um, you know, for these characters that would make them uh, really feel like, uh, like anime characters. And so that's why we focus, um, we focus more on um, who the character is than what the character can do. So, um, you know, there's no, there's no skill lists and there's no attributes. You know, it, it's the character's personality, it's their way of doing things, and it's the, the values they have, the things that are important to them that, um, you know, makes it possible for them to do what they do. For those that are listening or watching, you know, the question is, is like, you know, this, this is great, you know, Jonathan, what's the game about? So we'd love, what's the world that you've created? <laughs> Oh my God! How long have we got? Um, I'll make it simple. Uh, I've, I've been writing this for fifteen years. So um, yeah. original. So originally, you know, I had this idea of like, you know, um, uh, back in two thousand eight. This is actually going all the way back um, to. Actually, I've got my uh, the first book here. Uh, if, if I don't know if anybody remembers the True Twenty role playing game, this was from um, Green Ronin, and um, and they created a a D twenty like a generic version that could play in any setting, and so they. Um, they had a contest for uh, writing. Give us a setting that will show off our system. And so I sent them a proposal for Mecha versus Kaiju, and they basically they wrote me back and they said, you know, um, you had us at the title, and the rest of it was gravy. Um, so 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 that was where the first Mecha versus Kaiju system came from. That was for True Twenty, and uh, and this, this sold about three copies because I didn't know anything about <laughs> selling books at the time. Um, but when I was talking about the, um, uh, the setting with my friends, my friend, John Phillips, who's, um, uh, one of my first game masters. And in fact, we've known each other since we were in second grade. Um, he, uh, I was talking about this, uh, about, uh, monsters being created by North Korea so using stolen DNA. And he, he just said, wow, monsters on, uh, you know, kaiju on the DMZ. So, uh, so, so really quick, um, monsters show up in 1945, uh, for various reasons. And, uh, you know, uh, there's a public and a secret, uh, origin for the monsters. Um, and, uh, the, they're defeated and the genetic material is stolen by communist spies and taken to North Korea where they grow another, uh, another um, kaiju. And they begin um, manipulating the, um, uh, the DNA so they're, they're creating lots of different uh, giant monsters. 
So, um, uh, so Tokyo was attacked in 1954, uh, attacked again, you know, Japan has attacked again over the years and, um, uh, other giant monsters start showing up around the world. Uh, the The conceit of the of the setting is that every giant monster movie you've ever seen is true. It really happened. So you've got uh, monsters roaming the Pacific and Atlantic Ocean. You've got them flying around. You have giant insects that have uh, devastated the American uh, Southwest to the point where they actually had to abandon. Um, the, uh, an area of uh, the country, uh, basically from uh, you know the Sierra Nevada mountains to the um, uh, to the uh, uh, the Mississippi, and um, mm. so uh, you've got Europe, which has uh, build uh, you know fortress around its uh, its home nations. So you've got a um, uh, an end of colonialism. What happens to uh, Africa during that time? It becomes you know mm. they take the reins of, uh, you know, their own uh, uh, nations. Um, new nations crop up based on uh, language groups and, and, and cultural identity. And, um, and all of this comes because of the manipulation of, uh, of communist countries. So communism loses its political cachet. Um, so you have a world in, uh, in modern uh, Mecha versus Kaiju settings that has no superpowers, where people are you know, working together a little more because they have a common enemy. And mm. it's, it's not an enemy that is so overwhelming that like, you know, it's going to destroy the world, kind of like it, we see in um, Pacific Rim. Um, it's more like you know, the, daily, um, you know, the daily attacks of something that could conceivably like, you know, destroy your city, and so you have to be on your guard. Mm. Um, so it's um kind of like attack on titan in a way yeah yeah there is a real attack on titan uh vibe to it um the mecha assault force is the is japan's answer to the uh to the kaiju um it first uh it first fields uh remote remote controlled robots in the 1960s uh, of course created by a genius teenager who can controls the, uh, his remote control watch. Um, 1970s has uh, super robots, um, a la the uh, uh, Shogun Warriors, Mazinger, uh, Raideen, and things like that. Uh, 1980s uh, style is inspired by the sort of um, uh, mass-produced uh, mecha that you see in like Gundam and other uh, military sci-fi shows like that. And that forms the... Um, Sort of the core, uh, you know, the core setting uh, for the current game. Each player is an ace pilot of a custom-built mecha, so they um, basically fight the uh, the kaiju in packs. So, uh, depending on how big your game group is, you know, it can be like you know, two players, four players, six players, however many people you have in your group. They form the squad that goes out and fights. The giant monsters. Mm. So let me ask you then. So Jonathan, I'm sure that the the big question that's going to be on a lot of people's minds is, what about Clifford, the big red dog? How does this fit within the? Game? <laughs> um, well, uh, I, I I would not qualify Clifford as a kaiju mainly because of his size. he's not quite big enough. I don't think. 
Although okay. we do have various scales, so it really sort of depends on it depends on your campaign. Um, if you're running like a um, running like a smaller pat like a pat labor um, uh, scale where like you know or maybe um, uh, armor trooper votums, you know something about like you know ten or twenty feet tall, then yeah, sure, then it's a uh, uh, you know then it's a fair it's a fair fight. Um, however, Clifford would make an excellent mascot, the uh, Mecha Assault Force. You know, it's like because Come, come up to about like maybe the sh of a um, you know uh, of one of their Tetsujin mecha. Right. Yeah. Because <laughs> he is about the size of like a normal sized dog to the size of a when you're in a mecha being so giant. So it almost seems to fit. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um, yeah. So I mean, yeah, they get fun like you know throwing the ball around and stuff like that. <laughs> and of course, you need something. Uh, you know, you need something that big in order to clean up after him. Could you play a kaiju, or you only can play like mecha pilots in this? Uh, there's a mod for playing kaiju. Um, the The real challenge is you know, how do you set up uh, a situation where people can play kaiju and role play as kaiju? Now they did this in some of the later uh, Toho Godzilla movies. You had Monster Island where all of these monsters were living together. No, so they were living together, right? So I mean, you get. Um, uh, you get like you know Godzilla, you know uh, Godzilla and Baragon are like literally talking in um, uh, in, in in some of these movies. You get like word balloons with them actually uh, having conversations with one another, going, "Oh man, I hear there's like some problems in Tokyo. We ought to go check it out." Um, so setting up a setting up a uh, is challenge, but there is a. Um, in the uh, in the original uh, Fade Core game, and um, and that uh, uh, that um, uh, I'm going to adapt into the uh, sort of role playing for people who want to play as monsters and the, the um, sort of the the, the next for those characters is going to be the monster maker, and this is the. Um, uh, this is the person who has actually secretly been behind the creation of all of these giant monsters, and um, uh, in in the original um, appearance, I had a number of um, I had a number of ideas for uh, game masters about who who the monster and what they were doing, and then I let basically set it up more as a toolbox for people to create this um, this enemy. Um, so, so that would become the um, that would become sort of the um, uh, the you know the 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 you care against. Right now, so let, let's talk a little bit then, Jonathan, about your uh, your Kickstarter and some of your your tier ratings on your your tier levels. So we have a number of uh, uh, yeah our reward tiers are um, uh, are designed to um, are, are designed for both new fans and old. Uh, we have of course the books, uh, an ebook for twenty five or a hardcover for fifty, two hundred and fifty two hundred and fifty page full color. color. Um, wow! I always wanted. Uh, I know, right? <laughs> I, I I this is like you know this is something that I really wanted to. Um, uh, uh, you know, to get some bang for the buck, um, and uh, that's good. That includes a uh, um, that includes uh, character character design, uh, setting, uh, a um, a starter adventure, and a campaign. 
um, that will uh, sort of introduce this uh, the uh, the Mecha Assault Force uh, setting for um, uh, for Mecha versus Kaiju. Uh, if we get stretch goals, there will be other settings uh, included as well. Mm. Um, for uh, for reward tiers at the seventy dollar level, we have um, challenge uh, a challenge coin. This is something that I've uh, always wanted. Some people love tchotchkes, and I've always wanted to have a uh, a coin like this to celebrate the uh, uh, our robots and monsters. Um, at the ninety dollar level, uh, you actually get to collaborate with me to add something to the world of Mecha versus Kaiju's. A uh, new piece of lore, uh, a monster, a robot. Um, something that you could use in your own campaign uh, as well. And at the $100 level, um, we have lifetime membership to our Mecha versus Kaiju Patreon. And I have to hand it to our uh, patrons. And my patrons have been amazing. In fact, we have a, a core group uh, at the ACE level that uh, an ongoing online campaign um, since, uh, since last August. So we're coming up on a year now. It's uh, it's pretty amazing. We and um, playtesting has been um, uh, really priceless. Um, the 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 patrons are are smart. Are um, uh, you know are not afraid to talk about um, you know what's working with the system, what's not working with the system, so that we can uh, make changes. And in fact, uh, every month we've got a new update to the Mecha versus Kaiju rule set. And in fact, we've got um, uh, a new significant update uh, coming up in um, in September. Uh, so everybody who um, everybody who backs Mecha versus Kaiju gets a uh, one week free uh, membership to our Patreon. Um, in addition to that, um, uh, every backer will, will be able to add uh, one uh, kaiju fun fact or one mecha milestone to the book. And uh, the biggest reward that every backer gets is the complete mecha versus kaiju library. That is um, 15 years of wor uh, worth of work, 20 books for um, uh, D20 and Fate Core. And... Um, uh, anybody who has um, anybody who is already uh, Mecha versus Kaiju in the past, uh, if you've spent um, if you spent uh, 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 twenty dollars uh, on uh, on Mecha versus Kaiju, um, then back the uh, the Kickstarter. Uh, uh, you all uh, support over. Hmm. Well, I gotta say too, then Jonathan, that is a heck of a deal. Twenty books, and then on that, you know, for part of everything else on that that ninety dollar tier, that is a really darn good deal for anybody that's interested in that. Plus, of all the benefits else you would get for that, um, that that probably could very well be like the best deal on the internet right now is doing that ninety ninety dollar tier right there. So talk to us, talk to us about as well as like, I love the idea of actually also putting in your Patreon, your Patreon membership as part of the, the tier ratings. That's a great idea. Is that something that you came up with? It is. Yes. I, um, I, I wanted to, you know, um, I wanted to have something that would allow people to really, you know, uh, not just back the book, but feel like they're a part of the community. And um, the, the Patreon is amazing for that. Uh, I've got a ton of feedback from people, uh, both, uh, you know, positive and negative, so that, uh, you know, which is needed when you are creating something new and, um, and hammering out 
little details. So I wanted to have a tier where people could, you know, become a, a permanent part of, of that community. And um, uh, so, yeah, I think it's, um, uh, it, I, I would agree that it is a, uh, a great bargain. And, um, uh, and, and I'm uh, really looking forward to seeing the, uh, the, kind of, um, the, the kind of feedback and ideas that we're getting from, uh, from folks, uh, you know, who are new to this game maybe new to the genre, uh, looking, you know, coming in uh, perhaps as, uh, uh, as fifth edition players with, um, uh, you know, with, with new ideas, with questions. Questions are really the best part uh, for a game designer. Um, because uh, if, if I've got like, you know, if it's me and uh, my rules are Jeremy and we're looking at things and we'll be like, oh yeah, this is gonna work just great. And then you put it into practice and then you get like you know five or six other eyes that are actually using that and you're like oh wait a minute <laughs> this is not working at all the way i thought um and of course the more eyes you can get on it before it actually gets even to that point the better so you know if when we when we release a new um uh rules update every month and people start looking at it you know they ask questions like well, what about this what about that and it gives us a chance to refine things um in the uh, you know in the design phase, uh, and, and of course that's what um, you know that's what all of the best uh, game designers do. You know they 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 throw the game out and you know into the wild and they let people hit it with hammers and see what breaks. But I love also that you mentioned too is that that people can put in those as you say those those milestones and facts in there. In a way, you're actually kind of crowdfunding canon for the world you've created. Absolutely. And, and giving people a, a chance to feel like, you know, they own a piece of the, uh, uh, a, a piece of the world. Um, right. You know, I've, uh, I've been writing this thing for 10 years, but um, last year when I uh, launched the Patreon, I met people from all the world. I had idea that I had fans in Germany, in South Africa, in India, and it really opened my eyes to to blind spots that I had personally, I'll give you an example. Um, uh, there's a um, uh, uh, there's an amazing guy uh, named Chereg who runs a group called um, Desis and Dragons. It's a uh, uh, it's a live play podcast, and uh, he joined the Patreon and said, "Hey, I want to run a I'm going to run a." Um, and the setting was absolutely amazing. Set in the 1970s during the partition, with using um, uh, 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 Hindu religion and mythology, and it made me realize, oh my God, I have never written a single word about India. I had a supplement called Fate of the World, and I had nothing about one billion people in the world so um so this has been a uh, this has been a a wonderful uh uh experience for me to talk to people um that, that i never would have had a chance to talk to before and to further develop this you know this game world that i love and to make it better act um the way the world really is if people want to learn more about the system jonathan where is the best place they could find mecha versus kaiju right now to find, to find out more about Mecha versus, uh, Mecha versus Kaiju setting, you can go to mechaversuskaiju.com. And um, right on our front page, we've got a, um, 
uh, we've got a section for uh, Mecha versus Kaiju Fifth Edition, and that has a um, uh, that that has a breakdown on what is involved with the um, uh, with the specific rules for um, for Fifth Edition. Um, I've also got a um, uh, I've got a, uh, a TikTok page and a YouTube page that has videos, and I'm doing more videos uh, to sort of sort of show elements of the um, elements of the, of the rule set in action. And uh, I've been working with a number of, um, of podcasts, um, uh, Cult of Tea and Dice. Um, just did, uh, we just finished a, a live play podcast uh, for that, a three-parter where I ran them through the starter adventure. And, um, and that would be a great place to see kind of the, uh, uh, the game in action. Now that you're doing this fifth edition, version of the game what about your your fake core readers are are you putting that on hiatus or are you doing these also at the same time part of my inspiration for the new system was uh, with fate um i feel like i've really done as much as i can uh with that system a supplement i did was a fantasy book and um you know that was kind of that was kind of going as as far away from the sort of uh, military sci-fi setting that you know that that, that you can get, um, while still remaining very much a, a, an anime uh, role-playing game that was inspired by um, uh, you know the the isekai genre like um, um, Escaflown or um, uh, or Battler Dunbine or other game you know other stories where you know humans from Earth travel to a fantasy world and uh, and get involved in in those adventures. So that was really, you know, once I finished that book, it was kind of like, you know, I like there were no more hills to climb from, uh, for Fate Core, and that was really, really the inspiration for the new system. Now, if if someone's listening to this podcast and they and they, and, and they miss the Kickstarter, if they want to actually pick up and buy Mecha versus Kaiju, uh, would going to the website be the best place to go to, or would that be? Absolutely, yeah. MechaVersusKaiju.com. So MechaVersusKaiju.com is a good place that people could go to. Yeah, that, that, that's, where, that's where the game uh, uh, lives and breathes, and we have um, uh, up, frequent updates there. Uh, the the kick, Kickstarter pages become like sale pages as well once the, you know, the, the, the campaigns are fun. And our, um, our Patreon, of course, will be uh, continuing as well. Patreon.com slash MechaVersusKaiju. Right. I love the idea that you actually have your pay that you've you're really pushing out the Patreon piece. That's a great idea. Um, and it's also, as I say, it's a really good Patreon site. It's a great as you mentioned, it's a great place to actually just get so much information and just gonna be part of a, a very engaging and supportive community as well and very creative place. Um so this is great. So listen, you know, Jonathan, you're gonna have to come back on when you have another when you have another Kickstarter or have you get more supplements coming out for your, for your Mecha versus Kaiju fifth edition system. We, we're certainly hoping for it. Yeah, absolutely. Perfect. All right. Well, thank you so much, John. Well, this has been embarrassing. <laughs>
Well, they get, they, they, <laughs> this is why I'm not doing you it. You're singing my praises and then I disappear. <laughs> You're like, oh, I'm so shy and just like, get off. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shucks, I can't. <laughs> and so, 